Hi, you're listening to Taming the Terminal, Part 19 of N, Text Searches. This series of discussions is based on a collection of tutorials written by Bart Bouchatz over at bartb.ie slash ttt. This originally aired as part of NoSilicast episode 480, hosted at podfeed.com. I'm Allison Sheridan, host of the NoSilicast podcast, and the other voice you're about to hear is Bart Bouchatz of bartb.ie. So, uh, let's see, as we get started in uh, Taming the Terminal Part 19 of N, Mm -hmm. let's go ahead and get stuck in. Okay, so where last we left our hero, we had just learned about regular expressions, which are a way of representing patterns. And I said that we would use these patterns for the purposes of searching. Because when you're searching, you're looking for a thing, and the way you represent that thing is by describing a pattern, which you do with regular expressions. Okay. And when we were learning about regular expressions, we used the command egrep uh, to test, you know, sort of to test our regular expressions. But we didn't really go into egrep. We just sort of said, take it on faith that this egrep command works. So now it's time that we actually make friends with egrep and really look into what egrep does. Okay. Because egrep is, basically egrep is our text searching tool. And so our finding stuff, which is where we're heading here, is going to be broken into two halves. There's a text search half, and then there's a file search half. So this week is just text search, and it's just the one command. It's just grep, or egrep, sorry. And then in future installments, it might be one, it might be two more installments, we look at ways of finding files. So text search today, file search next time. So our one friend, or our two friends, depending on how you look at it, is egrep and or grep. And What's the difference again? Did the difference is subtle. Right? Yeah, okay. so grep, grep is the original. Right? Grep has been around for a very long time. Okay. And so when grep was written, our nice regular expressions that we've learned about didn't exist yet. So obviously grep doesn't do that because it didn't exist yet. Okay. So when POSIX EREs come out, which is the extended regular expressions we learned, they decided, well, the simplest thing to do was to make a copy of grep that did everything grep did but using these nice new regular expressions. But they couldn't call it grep because grep already exists. So egrep is exactly the same as grep, except that it uses these nice new regular expressions. Okay, got it. So really, I would say if you're starting out now, ignore grep. Pretend it never existed. Always use egrep. The problem is with you know old farts like me, I grew up on grep. And so I am going to, whether no matter how hard I try, get it wrong throughout this entire show, I'm going to say grep by mistake. I always mean egrep. <laughs> okay. Okay, good. <laughs> and what I, in, sort of in my real life, if you're, just, if you're looking for something that doesn't contain a regular expression, it doesn't actually matter which command you use because the two are identical. The only time it matters is when you do your regular expression. So the way my brain works is if I'm not looking for a regular expression, I type grep. And as soon as I look for a regular expression, I hit the back arrow and put the E that I forgot in. <laughs> okay. But really, I'm saying, you know, you should, you should just do egrep from the start. It's easier. So do as I say, not as I do. Correct, because basically I've picked up a bad habit and I'm having a hard time breaking it. Okay. So egrep, hey, I got it right. <laughs> egrep can be used in two ways. So we can use it to filter the stuff that's coming in on standard in or STD in, or we can use it to filter one or more files. And there's subtle differences between the two approaches. So we're going to look at them independently. And we're going to start by filtering STD, STD in, or standard in, which takes us back a few weeks to this whole thing. Where Remember we did stream redirection, where you could use the pipe operator to take the output of one command as the input to another command? Right. Oh, do we get so, to grep to more? 
I've always wondered. Well, the other way around, you generally, you, you generally speaking, will use grep to filter something else. So you'll do a command which makes too oh. much output. Oh, right. You, you grep and then pipe to more. Uh, these, are, these are words I hear, I used to hear at work and I never knew what they meant. I I'm suppose just, you could, right? Okay. This you is garbage speaking, in, garbage out. You would out do part. something, pipe it to grep to, to filter it down to just what you're interested in. And if what you're interested in is more than one page, then you could pipe it onto more later. <laughs> Okay. At some point, I'll know what that all meant. Okay. okay. Well, uh, no, some just point keep going. very soon. I'm just being silly. <laughs> so it's quite, it, it's not at all unreasonable. To, it, it happens all the time. In fact, you'll have a command which gives you a whole bunch of output, but you're not interested in all of it. And therefore, you want to filter it down. And so the way egrep works when you're using STD in is that every line that comes into it, one by one, so one line at a time, it works sort of the quanta of egrep is a line. It doesn't look at one character, then the next character. It looks at one line, then the next line. So each line gets looked at. If the line matches the pattern, it gets sent to standard out. If the line doesn't match the pattern, it vanishes off into a black hole. It is gone. Hmm. So if you imagine that you get five million lines in, only five of them match your pattern, then there's just five lines in the output. And so it is a filter. Okay. Right? So stuff that matches the pattern goes through, everything else gets blocked. And if you spend some time on the terminal doing sysadmin stuff, you are going to spend time looking at log files because that's where computers talk. And when you're trying to debug something, you want to listen. But most log files are fairly chatty places, especially on a live server that's doing real stuff. And so you will invariably want to watch what's happening in a log file, but only see the stuff that matches what you're doing. And so I have below a real-world example from that I use very regularly at work, but unfortunately, it's not one we can do here because we don't all run DNS servers. So I'm going to do a real-world example, and then we're going to do an, a slightly more contrived example on our Macs. Okay. So in the real world, at work, one of the things I'm responsible for is our DNS server. And the DNS server is very good about saying what it's up to, but it writes to a centralized log file, which is a really common log file in Linux, which is var log messages. And pretty much anything can send stuff to messages. Now, the DNS server is polite enough to prefix all of its messages with named colon, because named is the name server daemon. So that means that everything that comes into var log messages that starts with named is of interest, and nothing else is. So if we remember back even a little further to the tail minus F command, do you remember what that does? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> it sends a file to standard out, but it keeps looking at the file. So as stuff comes into the file in real time, tail sends it out. So it allows you to watch a file in real time. So tail minus F slash log messages would just show you the log file in real time, scrolling by, scroll, 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 scroll. Okay. Every single message. But we want to filter that big, long, noisy message file. So we use our pipe operator to pipe that entire big glop of messages that are just flowing by us constantly into egrep. Okay. And then egrep in this mode only needs one argument, which is the pattern to apply. And so we say pipe egrep and then space our regular expression, which in this case is the hat symbol, which means... Uh, is that a wildcard? Ends in start, named or starts start, with? No, starts with. Oh, okay. So starts with name D colon is the pattern. 
And if we, if I was on my DNS server and working, I hit enter on that. All of a sudden, the lots and lots of messages coming by in Verilog messages would be filtered down to only the DNS messages. And I can then work away and do what I want to do, and I'll only see what I care about. And all the other messages are just hidden from me. And it works in real time. So I'm watching the live log file only filtered. Okay. Which is very useful to be able to do. But our, our Macs are not servers. So that means that log files on a Mac, they exist. There's lots of log files on a Mac. But they're not very talkative. They'll have like, you know, five or six entries an error, which is no fun for this kind of thing, right? <laughs> so right. instead, I, what I was looking for was a command that is guaranteed to make lots of output. And in our modern computers, the single thing we can rely on is that there is network traffic to our computers. Because our Messenger apps, in this case, we're going to have lots of traffic because we're Skyping with each other. Um, mm -hmm. Web browsing, email client, Twitter client, our computers are just constantly chatting on the network. So if we were to have, say, a terminal command to print out every single network packet that came to your computer, we would have a big long stream of data to fly by on the screen that we could then use egrep to filter. As it happens, there is such a command. And this is, this is a sneak peek, right? I promise you we are coming back to this. So for today, you're going to take this command on faith with the understanding that when we come to the networking section of this Taming the Terminal series, we are going to go into this in proper detail. So the command, which we're going to do without filtering first so that we can see what it does, is sudo space tcp dump space minus i space any space minus nn. Now, the sudo command is because only the root user has the power to dump the network details, which is wise, because okay. that's a security feature. Uh -huh. And then TCP dump dumps every TCP packet flying through your network card. Minus I means use any network card. So whether they're using Wi-Fi or Ethernet, we want it all. Mm -hmm. And then the minus NN we'll ignore for now. Okay. But it, we do need it for our example. Okay. So if I you hit enter that, that, there's all kinds of crapola all over my screen. Yeah, it should be a constant stream flowing past. It's dumping some TCP all over me. Now, in fact, we should be seeing an awful, awful, awful lot of UDP. I am seeing a lot of UDPs. Which is because Skype is a UDP protocol. Oh, so okay. those basically, those UDP packets are Skype packets. But if you open up a browser window and start browsing around, you'll see TCP packets flow by as well. If you click refresh mail, you'll see a whole bunch of mail traffic go by. Basically, everything your computer does in the network is scrolling by you here. And it's a lot. Therefore, it is worth filtering. So what you'll see is it's time and then the protocol, which is IP usually. Then it's going to be the source IP address, source port, arrow, destination IP address, destination port, and then some more glob. Okay. And so I we just see all this network traffic. You have a lot of that. Good. So we'll hit control C to get ourselves out of that. Uh, I don't know about you, but I captured 5,325 packets in that time. Okay. I got about 8,500, so I'm doing good. You're really busy on the network. So now we're going to use egrep to filter that. Uh, what we actually want to do is we want to use egrep to filter that for only DNS traffic, because that's a nice, simple thing. So to make that filter, we need to know two facts about DNS. So firstly, DNS uses port 53, which means we're going to be filtering on 53 because that's the DNS port. The other thing we know about DNS is that it is only going to our DNS server, because that's what our DNS server is for. And Almost everyone who's listening to this, I won't say everyone because there's always an exception somewhere, but just about everyone who's listening to this is using their router as their DNS server because that's how every home router sold in the last decade works. So what we need to know is the IP address of our router. 
Now, we could make a guess, because if you have an Apple router, it's 10.0.0.1. Right. And if you have a router from most other manufacturers, it's 192.168.0.1. But guessing isn't a very good idea. A lot of them are 192.168.1.1. Ah, there you go. So, guessing, not good. So, we don't have to guess. In fact, we can use egrep to figure out what our router address is as well. Hmm. So, we have another sneak peek we can do. So another command that I promise you we'll be returning to again is the command netstat, which gives us basically statistics about our network, as the name suggests, netstat. So in this case, what we're interested in is our routing table, which tells the computer how it talks to the internet. And specifically what we want is the default route, which is the fancy name for our router. So the command, which will work on all of our Macs and any Linux machine, is netstat space minus or n pipe egrep, and then the pattern is starts with default, so hat default. Okay. So if you copy there and you get back one line of answer, it says default tab and IP address tab glop we don't care about. <laughs> yep, 10.0.1.1. Okay. So, that so remember is, that IP so address. So that's my router. That's your router. Okay. So what we are interested in from TCP dump is stuff going to a router on port 53. And TCP dump has a bizarre convention. It uses, it basically sticks the port number on the end of the IP address as an extra dot. So what you're actually looking to egrep is, is your IP address dot 53 colon. So for me, because my network is a bit special, I'm 192.168.10.1. So the first command there is the command I'm actually using. So sudo space TCP dump space minus I, any minus NN, just like before, mm-hmm. pipe egrep, and in my case, 192.168.10.1.53 colon. And so if I stick that in, I will start to see, initially, probably very little go by until you open up a web browser and go to a web page that isn't cached. So I don't know where you haven't been yet today. Maybe whitehouse.gov. Okay. And assuming you've changed that IP address, obviously, to your own router, you should see all, all of, of your DNS queries going out. Yeah, that's a lot. But you should them. also see what address you're querying for. So you can see that whitehouse.gov is... It doesn't just contain itself. So all every little widget in there that needs code from somewhere else is going to generate another DNS query. Wow, that's a lot of crap. Yeah. Vimeo, petitions.whitehouse.gov, plus.google.com. Yeah. Facebook, Foursquare, Flickr. I mean, there's all sorts of garbage in all of these modern web pages. Oh, yeah. Look, okay, because it's because at the bottom of the page has Facebook, Twitter, Google+, YouTube, I don't know what that symbol is. LinkedIn. Actually, I could look up here and probably find out. Wow. So this is every DNS request your browser had to do to render that web page. And all of that other glop is still happening, but the grep filter is just hiding it from us. Wow. So this way we can just watch what DNS we do. Somewhat arbitrary, but it you know it shows the power just of the. Start going to some of these addresses. Like what's m dot dot com? Sorry, I should stop playing around. <laughs> that, yeah, I know. I mean, it, it's kind of amazing what, what's going on here. Like, um, and you'll you'll find that sort of the simpler mom and pop websites don't have any of this glop. But the more corporate you get, the more of these trackers, and these are ad trackers and yeah. all sorts of things. Yeah, I didn't expect to see that much on whitehouse.gov, but, well, there's got to be all the NSA stuff in there, too, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wonder where some of those servers are. Anyway, <laughs> it's Facebook, LinkedIn, Flickr, loads of stuff there. So the point is, we have filtered that giant big stream of data into only a very specific type of data. So we have used egrep to filter standard in. Mm-hmm. Very cool. 
So this is our first example. So the other way we can use egrep then, if I can find my show notes again, go go away, White House Cove. So the other way we can do we can use egrep is to filter files. So not a stream that's coming from a command, but to look through files for a thing. And in fact, when we were doing our regular expression examples, that's what we were doing. We were using egrep to look through the words file. Right, I remember that. That was my favorite episode so far, by the way, just because I found out I could cheat it at Scrabble. It's Scrabble. <laughs> so as a little reminder to ourselves, I have one of the examples. Wait, no, that we crossword did. puzzles. Crossword puzzles, that's yeah. it. So egrep and then the pattern. So when you're using it on files, egrep must have at least two arguments. The first argument is the pattern you're looking for. And the second argument is the file you're looking for the pattern in. And if you want to look for the file in more than or the pattern in more than one file, you can keep specifying as many files as you like. But you've got to have at least one, because otherwise egrep has nothing to look in and it will just say, well. So the example I have is just to look in the words file for everything starting with th. There's a lot of those. So egrep space hat sign for start of line th slash user slash share excuse me. Slash user slash share slash dict slash words. And that gives us our whole big list of th words. Right. Which is just an example from last time. But of course, in the real world, you're probably not trying to... Script, well, you might be trying to cheat in crosswords, but you're probably doing something else. So again, we're doing the same sort of idea, a real world example from my life as a sysadmin, and then we'll, we'll do it a different example that we can all do in our Macs. So... One of the things you have to do a lot when you're dealing with servers for a living is you need to figure out how a setting is set. And just about every every server has a config file, and that config file has a bunch of keys. Basically, setting name and then the value of the setting, usually with an equal sign between them. Sometimes it's a different symbol. But you may want to know, oh, how is bloody blah feature configured? egrep, the feature you're looking for, the config file in question. Hmm. Very, very common type of thing to need to do. So the example I have is a PHP example. So if you're running a web server that has PHP, there's a file called php.ini, which is PHP settings file. And PHP has like a kabillion settings. But one that you often have to tinker with is the max file size, or the upload max file size. In other words, the biggest file that you will accept as an upload from a user. If you make it too small, people can't upload stuff you may want. If you make it too big, you may do yourself a horrible denial of service. So it's an important one to get right. Is the php.ini file giant, so you can't just scan it with your eyeballs? It is hundreds and hundreds of lines long. Okay. So you could scan it with your eyeballs, but you'll be there for a while. So it's much easier to quickly grab it. So the example command simply looks for a line that starts with upload underscore max underscore file size in the file slash etc slash php.ini. And it will just give you a little instant one-line answer. When Mike and on my server it's still set up the default, two megabytes. Upload file size equals two M. Very straightforward. So that doesn't and I know help you change it, that just tells you what did I set it to? Right, because that is usually when you're trying to debug something, your first question is, is this a problem? What oh, I, I have it set already? to yeah, okay. I have it set to 15 megs, and the person's trying to upload a 5k zip file. This is not my problem. I must now look somewhere <laughs> something else. Something else. Okay. Yeah. Um, so let's slightly arbitrary, but let let let's do an example on our Macs. Every Unix, Linux, and OS 10 machine has a file called etc-resolve.conf, which contains the DNS configuration for our Macs, or our Linux machines. Hmm. So 
I said to you that just about everyone uses a router as their DNS server, but actually we could check if that's true. Uh-huh. So we will. So we're going to, so basically that file will have one or more entries that start with name server and then contain an IP address. So if you have two DNS servers configured, you'll get two lines back. If you have one DNS server configured, which is the norm for a home computer, if you're in a corporate environment, you probably have more than one DNS server configured because most corporations have multiple DNS servers. But anyway, so the command is egrep space, and then the pattern is hat sign for start of line name server, and then you look in slash etc slash resolve.conf, and it should come back with probably one line that says name server and the IP address of your router, probably. Yeah, it did. 10.0.1.1. And I even cheated and did a more on that file, and I can see it's a little bitty file, but the very last line says name server is 10.0.1.1. So it didn't yeah. even lie. And, you know, if you, were, if you were in a corporate environment, you would almost certainly have more than one come back there. Right, right. But, yeah. Anyway, it'll tell you what your name servers are. So you can use grep, egrep, sorry, see, I knew I was going to do that. First time, um, very good. To search a single file, which is great. But you can search as many as you want. And the nice thing is that egrep is smart enough that if it gets more than one file as an input, it will prefix the name of the file before the answer. Oh. Yeah, which is, otherwise it will be pretty useless. Because, yeah. oh great, it found it somewhere. <laughs> In one of those 48 <laughs> files you told me to look at. Thanks. Exactly. So it's, it does that all by itself. You don't even have to do anything. So if you give it more than one file, it will prefix the name of the file into the start of the results. And the most common reason you would want to do this would be to look at, say, all log files in a folder. Oof. And so you can use the shell's star expansion, the, the shell's wildcard, to basically look through multiple files. So a somewhat contrived example is the command to look for the, the pattern apple.com in all log files in slash var slash log. And if you run that, you'll probably see quite a few if you're on a Mac, and you'll probably see none if you're on Linux. Hmm. Okay. And so if you do that, you will notice that every line that is returned is prefixed with something, 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 with the name of a file and then the content of the file. You know what I don't don't like about the terminal? You have to spell everything right. (laughs) I typed long (laughs) instead of log, and it didn't know what I was talking about. I've I've misspelled almost everything you've told me so far. We go back to my whole thing of computers are dumb. <laughs> you know what I meant. Yes, I know. Okay, let's see. So I'm looking at all this glop. And every every line, now, if you have word wrap on, it may not be obvious where a line starts, but if you wiggle with the, the width of your terminal window, you'll soon see what's, a, what's the start of line. And you'll see they all start with slash var slash log slash some file name dot log. Oh, there it is. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so you'll see what's going on. Huh. Now, the chances are you would be doing this to solve a real problem. So you may have a problem with a particular app. So you're probably going to be using egrep to look for a particular app. But since I didn't know what everyone has installed, this is an arbitrary example because I figured apple.com's got to be in those logs somewhere. But you can see how you would use the same structure to, to, to search for things that you care about, <laughs> whatever you're trying to achieve. Very cool. So the last That's thing I just easy, want to learn... I'm not it saying I'll remember next week or two weeks from now when you say, remember when I told you this, but I, I understood everything so far. Okay, well, you're, I'm hoping that the last very small little bit won't be any problem. So like all other terminal commands, egrep takes a few flags. And in fact, it doesn't just take a few flags. egrep is a pretty full-featured thing. So if you actually want to see them all, you can type man egrep. Make Ooh. yourself a cup of coffee. Yeah, this, that's a lot of... Yeah, so I just thought it might be worth mentioning three that I... That, you're most likely to want. 
Just sort of pick out three favorites and then leave the rest as an exercise to the reader. So probably the the single one that I use most often in the real world is minus I, which stands for case insensitive. Oh, so, so if you might you're have not, to spell it right, but you don't have to remember whether it's upper or lowercase. Exactly. <laughs> and quite often I don't remember whether, you know, does Apache capitalize the first letter of that particular variable name? I don't know. I'll just use a minus I. Is there a minus S for don't have to spell it right? <laughs> no, I'm afraid that would involve intelligence on behalf of the computer. Right, right. Another one that can be very handy is the minus N flag, which means that as well as giving you the name of the file at the start, if you're doing a big search, it will give you the line number. Oh. So if you have a really big file, you will then know where in the file it is. You know, is it on line one or is it ah, on line 2000? Right, right. You know, which is potentially very useful. Especially when you know that if you go in in VI and you type colon and then hit a number and hit enter, it'll jump you to that line. So if you know that you need to be in line 5021, you type VI space, the name of the file, enter, colon 1001, and it'll take you straight to that line. So that, that can be very helpful, the minus N. And then the last one to mention is the big gun. And I would say use this with caution. Not because you can damage anything, but you just might make your computer work very hard. <laughs> so the minus OR flag will allow you to make grep check every single file in every single folder in a given starting point. So if you start up kind of high... So if you did grep some pattern minus or slash, it will look on every single file in your computer and it will take forever, ever, 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 ever. Much more reasonable that you might want to start off maybe in a folder inside your documents folder and check everything in there. So, I, you know, minus or is really useful, but don't make it look through 20 kabillion files. There are better ways to look through 20 kabillion files and we'll come to those in future installments. That sounds... That's uh, that's excellent. So. I uh, I have to ask one question. Is there mm-hmm. there's a capital a minus capital R too, right? Which does exactly the same thing. Okay. As does minus minus recursive. Oh. Okay. So. Basically, everything that you might act, that you might guess to mean recursive does recursive. <laughs> okay. Which is very friendly of it. Definitely, definitely is. So really, that's where we're going to leave it now. That is text searching done. And I mean, it was it was a fairly short little description all in all, given some of the Temi the Terminal segments we've had. But I can honestly say that in terms of my day-to-day life, there's more of this in my day-to-day life than anything else we've covered so far in the 18 previous segments. Wow. This is what you do. You look for stuff. Yeah, I, I like this little bite-sized chunk better because it's it might hold in my brain a little longer because it's not... Uh, not as much. <laughs> Sometimes well, I, think main, I get buffer overflow on. <laughs> <laughs> well, the main reason it was bite size is because I saw the size of the security segment. <laughs> oh, yeah, good, we, good. Yeah, that's we have good to take thing. a nibble today. Yeah, I have to say you had me nervous when we were at twenty five minutes, but we came in just fine here. All right. Well, hey. So you're on next week hosting the I am show. On, I am hosting next week. Now, if um, people want to send you in segments, what address they should they use? The easiest one is probably podcasting at bartificer.net, B-A-R-T-I-F-I-C-E-R.net, which is the address I use for all of my podcasty stuff, be it my shows or whatever. Podcast at bartificer.net. That's the one. All right. I will make sure to put that in the show notes before and after and uh, to make sure people know how to send you in segments because you would like some help, right? Absolutely. No, I mean, the, the listeners have always been great every time I've hosted before. Um I now got to find someone to talk to across a pond, but I'm sure I'll find someone. <laughs> I'm sure you will. All right, Bart, thanks a lot. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, cheers, and uh, until next time, happy computing. Happy computing.
We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Taming the Terminal. Remember that all of the information you've been hearing is available as text tutorials at bartb.ie slash ttt. If you'd like to contact us, you can write to allison at podfeet.com or podcasting at bartafisser.net.